concerning spiritual gifts, it is not meant to you to be an intent. You know that when you were pagans, you were astray to the others, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaks in the spirit of God as it says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Okay, so we move topics. Here's another topic in their list concerning spiritual gifts. And he doesn't want them to be ignorant. You know, he slaps them in the face over and over again on this uh, knowledge pride they have. I don't want you to be ignorant. And this, to imply they might have been ignorant about spiritual gifts of all things, the thing they thought themselves especially well-versed in. So they, they kind of saw the, the gifts they had, the signs of their sophistication. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, about these spiritual gifts. He says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. They were pagans, but they shouldn't go back to paganism for their pattern of how to use spiritual gifts. They're not what they used to be, and they shouldn't act that way. And so they shouldn't just be led by their feelings. This not, should not be something just overcomes them and they just kind of uh, uh, go wild or whatever. Um, he says, here's the thing. You can test the authenticity of the gifts by what the gifts lead you to, to affirm. I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit? Well, what is being taught? What is being, being said? You don't know that it's a spiritual gift because of your enthusiasm or because of the frenzy that you're in. It's not the form of the words you speak, but the content. Deuteronomy 13. There's a prophet or a dreamer who works a sign or makes a prophecy, and it happens. And what they tell you is to worship idols. Don't believe them, it's a test. The content trumps, trumps the sign. Can you imagine they actually work a sign? They actually have a prophecy that comes true, but their message is follow idols. Don't believe it. You always test by content. Is what is taught consistent with what the Word says? Most people judge based on experience. Well, I had this thing come over me, and I felt this, and I did this and that. But he says, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The focus of the Spirit is to glorify Jesus. Now, Jesus had already said that in John chapter 16. And verse uh, 14, He will glorify me, for He will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So, when they preached by the Spirit, they preached about Jesus. They didn't preach about the Spirit working in them. The Spirit was not given to glorify Himself, but glorify Jesus. Now, when He says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, you understand that to confess Jesus as Lord was the basic confession of Christianity. In Romans chapter 10, for example, and verse 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved, and so forth. And uh, in Philippians chapter 2, and verse 11, uh, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, when we say confessing Jesus as Lord, we are not saying by that just saying the words Jesus is Lord. Jesus asked in Luke 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Lord means master or ruler. If you're confessing Jesus as Lord, you are saying and acting in a submissive way to him. You're saying he's my Lord and you're letting him be your Lord. We're not talking about something where somebody can repeat the formula. If they say the word Jesus is Lord, then it's got to be the Holy Spirit. But if what they say reflects the Lordship of Jesus and the teaching of His, then they're saying that by the Holy Spirit. So, he's saying, don't think this is just a matter of being led somehow. <laughs> and some friends that you're better felt than told experience. The test for a genuine gift is what's taught, what's revealed by that gift. Now, think about what that's saying then. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. All Christians confess Jesus as Lord. They all have the Holy Spirit. This is not something where there's an elite group that they've got the Holy Spirit and the others don't. Or that I'm, we're more spiritual than they are because we have these really super duper exciting gifts. All Christians confess Jesus as Lord. And they can't do that but by the Holy Spirit. All Christians have the Holy Spirit. I don't mean by that that all Christians have spiritual gifts. Or all Christians speak in tongues. Paul didn't mean that either. We'll see at the end of the chapter he argues that they didn't all do that. But he is saying that they all have the Spirit. Don't think then that the ones who don't have some special spiritual gift or maybe the spiritual gifts you rate the most highly, that because they don't have that, they don't have the Spirit. They couldn't say Jesus is Lord. They couldn't make a basic confession as a Christian if they didn't do that by the Holy Spirit. So he's really saying, he's trying to, he's trying to deal with this elitist concept of, wow, look at our gifts. We are the ones. That is not the right attitude spiritually. We need to be humble. And the fact is that the Spirit was given to all Christians. And what we do for the Lord is done by the Spirit. Think about what you know from Galatians 5. What are the fruit of the Spirit? You know those, right? Now, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That means that the Spirit produces that. Don't think that if you're not speaking a tongue, or you're not working the healing, you don't have the Spirit. When you show the fruit of the Spirit, you show those characteristics that result of the Spirit working in your life, that's a demonstration of the Spirit. So he's really trying to, to deal with several things there in those first three verses. That's a helpful introduction to where he's going with that. I don't know how clear that was, but questions and comments on all of that. Yeah. How do we harmonize or how should we balance the idea of these works not in themselves being a sign of the validity of the message, but also what we see Jesus talking about, say, uh, these works and his miracles.
believe that God does confirm his message by signs, but he confirms his message by signs. If there's something that we can't explain, but the message is not from God, then we know that the sign's not from God. There's a difference. But but I think, you know, we, we focus on the message as kind of a, a check on that. We can be really impressed that somebody does something and, whoa, I don't have to do that. But if what they're teaching isn't from the Lord, then we know they didn't do that from the Lord. So I think we, we, we give some priority to testing the message. We also recognize that, that the Lord has given signs that authenticate His work. But we're not going to be snowed by some hard to explain sign if the message isn't true to the Lord. Yes, Scott. So uh, aspects of the uh, worship service for Pentecostals, are you saying that's actually uh, incorporating pagan tradition? Well, if it's the kind of thing where they just feel like they're just overwhelmed and the Spirit just takes over and boy, they can't control it, they just go and do whatever. Yeah, okay. that's where they come from. Yes. And he'll make a point, chapter 14, that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Other questions or comments? All right, we're going to take a break for about 10 or 15 minutes, and then we'll do one more session before Saturday. <laughs>